Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. We are uh, right dead in the center of our uh, uh, Upside Down Kingdom series. This has been an awesome, unique little series. I've been excited about it. Um, today is going to be, uh, there was a lot of people, if you've been following, we've been going through the, uh, going through the, the series kind of piece by piece through the Sermon on the Mount. That's what this uh, series has kind of been about. And um, today is, we're going to jump a little bit. We're going to jump out of five. We're going to go straight to Matthew 6, 25. If you can just, you want to hang out there, I'm going to read that here in just a few minutes. But what we're going to be talking about today is stress and worry. Now, this is something that everybody, like everybody gets stressed. Everybody gets worried. We understand um, what that is. Can we turn these lights on? I can't see anybody. I want to be able to, people to see when they're falling asleep and stuff like that. Um, and, um, and, and stress is one of those things that, that everybody gets. Everybody, we understand what it is. We get it. We experience it on a, uh, on a very, very, very regular basis. We understand what stress is. The problem um, with stress a lot of times is, is we, really, we really don't understand how stressed we really are as a people. We don't get a lot of times uh, when stress kind of creeps into our lives what it actually takes away. We don't see the way that stress uh, takes joy from our life. We don't see the way that stress brings damage to our life. There's a lot of things about stress and about worry that we've just kind of become accustomed to because of our fast-paced life, because of the way that life works. Um, there's, you know, I mean, back in the day, 50 years ago, I mean, like, business just kind of shut down on Sundays because, you know, even if you weren't necessarily Christian, um, it was just kind of considered a day arrest. And nowadays, um, you know, about the only business you see shut down on Sundays is like Chick-fil-A. And uh, I I know it's a spiritual thing and I'm glad they do it, but it's for whatever reason, Sunday afternoons are when I really want Chick-fil-A. And I can't tell you honestly how many times me and Courtney have gotten in the car and been super pumped about Chick-fil-A and not even think about it until we're about five minutes down the road and then my afternoon's ruined. So, but it's just one of those things. There's no businesses don't close anymore. It's just with the way that life is, uh, resting, um, you know, of dealing with things like that and stress, it's just be kind of become a way of life. And, and Christ has a couple interesting things uh, to kind of say about stress and worry. And I'm just going to read, it's not going to be up there, but I just want to read this uh, really fast, just kind of as we get through this, kind of to be a guide uh, through today's service. But this is uh, Matthew 6, 25, and I'm just going to kind of read through that. Just read with me. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, you can download our app real fast. The Bible's on there. This is what it says, Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Uh, What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food. Highlight that if you you, uh, have a highlighter or text it to yourself. And the body is more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you so anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Listen to this. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. People who don't believe in God, they chase after all these things. They run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That means today sucks enough. Why we need to worry about tomorrow? So what... 
what Christ is saying, now you got to understand the concept of the whole Sermon on the Mount. He, he shows up and he says, listen, guys, there, there's, the, there's the culture, there's the world, there's the American dream, there's all this out here, and then there's my kingdom. And, and my kingdom is dynamically different uh, than that. The way that we think and the way that, that we are supposed to live and the way that the world is, it's just different here. And he says, I want you to understand something. When it comes to stress, when it comes to worry, he says, I don't want you to stress. I don't want you to worry about these things. He says, when you worry, when you worry about what you're going to need and what you're going to want, and let's just be honest with ourselves. The majority of the stuff that we worry about is not our needs, right? In this country especially. And most of the time, what we worry the most about are things that we want. You know what I mean? We're like, we, 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 we put ourselves in position. We buy things we can't afford. Um, we, we get houses we don't need. We buy cars we don't need. We, we take risks we don't need. We, we, do, we put ourselves in position to experience a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And most of it comes from our wants and our desires, not necessarily our needs. And so, what well, you know, crisis, he's just kind of delivering this. He's saying, listen, you don't stress you don't worry. And he says, you know, it, don't do it because it's something that the pagans do. And I think that's something really easy for us to understand. It's something really easy for us to get. It's something really easy for us to miss, too. And so I just wanted to stop for a second before we kind of get in. I just want to talk about stress and what stress actually is. Now, stress is something, and, I, and I, the older I get, the more I realize why. Um, but, you know, when you, you're in high school, man, you think things are stressful, right? You guys all think that. You're wrong. All right, so you think things are stressful, all right, I did. I mean, I think, you know what? I mean, date on Friday night, exams. I mean, your only job is to get to school. Like, that's really, like, go to school, stay there the whole day. I know it's really difficult. Well, it's for me. But stay there the whole day, all right, show up to exam day. With the way the government's kind of set up education now, you, they're not going to fail you. They're just going to send you on to the next one anyway. So, I mean, all you got to do is show up in life, all right? So you just got to be there. You move on into college, things get a little bit more stressful. I mean, I had, sometimes I had three or four softball games. In a week, I mean, it was really, really, really hard. I had to be awake by 11 to make sure I got there to my 11:30 class. It was really tough. I missed that a lot. And so, you know, but then when you kind of enter into life, you know what I mean? I mean my life really took like a, 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 a unique spin because I went from college like immediately right into like one like one day I was Jordan at college, all right, and I was I was doing my thing at school and I was I was doing I was learning some stuff. Uh, trying to make it to class and doing my dating Courtney and and it was just it was a beautiful beautiful thing and then within three months I was a pastor of a church I was married and I bought my first house like that then I learned what stress was all right really 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 and I thought I knew what stress was but this is just kind of how stress works and um, and I just wanted to kind of give you guys this I have an amazing an amazing doctor his name's Doctor Beyondy he goes to this church he's my doctor he's amazing and he um, in his in his great wisdom, I think by coming to church here and just knowing me in general, he had a conversation with me a little while back when he found out that, uh, that I was going to be having a little baby on the way. And uh, he, he drew me a little a picture and he started talking to me about, about stress thresholds. And he said, Jordan, and he started going down just the things that he knew that I was involved in in my life, just the things that he knew. And he was going down the line and he said, and he was talking about thresholds. He said, listen, what you have to understand about stress, and it's something I want you to learn. Everybody's got a stress threshold. Everybody does. And no matter who you are, no matter what, whether you're the CEO of a multi-million dollar company um, or, or you're, you know, you're in 
seventh grade and the greatest stress problem in your life is how many times you got killed in Call of Duty last night. Like, the, the thing is, is that no matter where we are in life, whether we're a man, we're a woman, whether we are, um, you know, high up the food chain in terms of the corporate world or we own our own business or we're not, everybody has a stress threshold, meaning that, that some of us can handle more things than other people, all right? I can maybe handle more things than some of you and you can handle, some of you can handle more things than some of me, but that at the end of the day, all of us have a stress threshold. And so we have these things in our life um, that bring stress into our life. We have these things in our life um, that, that, that add up and build up, and you can handle uh, to a certain extent we all can handle. And so what that starts to look like um, in our life is this, is we just have little things, and I mean, I just want you guys just to think, think with me just for a little bit. You know, we got, we've got things that we have in life. Like everybody's got bills, right? Unless you're a teenager and I hate you. And everybody's got, everybody's got bills to pay. And we've got things that we've got to do. And we've got, uh, we've got appointments that we have to get to, right? Um, we've got the, we have to be able to go shopping. I mean, I know we don't think about that, but I mean, that's something, if you don't go shopping, there won't be anything in your refrigerator and then you'll eat out and then you'll get fat and, and that adds more pressure. So you have to go shopping at some point, get the things you need. Um, you've got to uh, make sure you check the mail. I mean, I know this sounds stupid, but you got to make, literally, in order to pay the bills, you have to make sure you're home, you have to make sure you go up and you have to check the mail and you have to get the bill. You have all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that, that you have to do. I mean, you've got, um, let's just name some things. What, what are some things you got to do during the week? Some just things that you got to do every week. Got to put gas in your car, right? You got to do that. I mean, you've got to make sure you, you got to make sure you have a car. You got to make sure it works. You got to do maintenance on it. Uh, you have to make sure you get the oil changed um, at 3,500 miles or between 3,500 miles and 7,200, which is where I'm at now. Courtney will tell you every single week to go get your oil changed. And luckily, we don't have an oil service place right here in the same parking lot. It's totally inconvenient for me to do it. So, but that's a, that, can become a, that can become a stressor in your life. And, and we just all have all these things. And then we have some bigger things. You know, when you get a little bit older, um, you know, you start, maybe you buy a house or you're living somewhere, you got to pay rent. You know what I mean? That that kind of that kind of comes in. You got a mortgage or something you have to pay, and um, and then you know you get married. You move in. You got your whole marriage. Uh, that becomes a major joy, but also a major stressor at times. And so you just kind of have that. Happy Mother's Day. And um, <laughs> and you know you just got all these all these different things. And then and then every now and then. Every now and then, um, you, you get your job, your career, it kind of puts you in a position, you know, you got into a job and it was something you could handle and then you got promoted and all of a sudden you're in a new world or your, your business just took off and, you know, what you thought success was going to bring good, it actually just brought more stress or, you know, you, you were working at home and now they're asking you to travel or, you know, your job just kind of comes in and it begins to kind of add just a little bit more, you know, stress and stuff to our life and um, then, and then you go and uh, you get pregnant and you have a kid or something and then, um, I don't not there quite yet. Could be there any minute. Thought we were going to be there last night, actually. Courtney woke me up in the middle of the night with some pretty mild contractions. And so then we had, you know, that stress of, you know what, am I going to, you know, are we about to go to the hospital and have a baby? Does Joseph need to create a message real fast? And, and we just, you know, we just have all these things. And then, and then before long, we just, we fill our schedule just with all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. And, and we just, we, we get to where we just handle this stuff. And then, and then stress creates stress. The definition of stress is when there is pressure asserted to an object. And the same thing for your life, the same thing uh, in your life. And I don't know if you can hear that or not, but there's, it's making a noise. Can you guys hear that at all? I can hear it. I know you can't. 
And eventually, that's going to happen in our life. Because we get to a place where we add stuff and we add stuff and we add stuff and we add stuff and we add stuff, we add stuff to our life where we start to live right in that, right in that crevice where the stress of our life, uh, the jobs and the, and, and, the, and the money and the bills and the, and the hobbies and, and, the, and our kids playing 17 sports every year and, and you know, all the things that we do, we fill our life with this. And then we start making decisions. You know what I mean? Like we, we, you know, we're kind of tired of the house we're living in now and so we're going to move and we're going to buy a bigger house. Maybe you can afford it. Maybe you can't afford it. Or you're going to build a house and that's going to add stress to your life and you're going to start buying all these things and all of a sudden out of nowhere you have all these pressures mounting down on your life and that's actually what stress and worry is it's just pressure that is added into your life all right and a lot of times we choose that pressure we choose to put ourselves in financial situations where we have to pay a lot of bills at the end of the month about things that we don't necessarily think but things that we want and so we add up our finance it becomes a huge stress in our life we we get in situations in our marriage where we make some dumb decisions and now and now marriage is supposed to be something that you're enjoying and something that's supposed to be good but it's become a stressor in your life and and now you're at work all day doing with that and you come home and now you have to deal with some issues in your marriage and so you have that going on you've got the finances things going on you've got the career thing going on and you've got your eyes set and you want your business to grow and you've got all this stuff and you're in the middle of building a house or doing this or doing that. And, and all of a sudden, this is just where we get to a place to where we live, right here, a lot of times. Right, right at the bend, right before it breaks. And then a lot of times we get to this place to where we're just running around like crazy dealing with life. And the truth is, is that that's where a lot of us, we choose to live. We're okay with almost never having enough time. We're okay with cutting the finances close every month. We're okay with, 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 with having debt that we really don't need and can't afford. We're okay with, with that. We're okay with our kids playing 75 sports and us never having any time. We're okay with having so many hobbies and so many things going on in our life that, that our marriage kind of gets ignored. We're okay with chasing our careers. We're okay with trying to grow our business. We get to that point where we learn to handle all that stress and all that pressure. But what we have to understand is eventually we will hit our threshold. And when we hit our threshold... Nothing good comes from that. Nothing good comes from that. And when stress begins to show up in our life, and that pressure mounts and that pressure mounts and that pressure mounts, eventually, if we live on that thing, something happens that we don't expect. Like the real estate market crashes, or the stock market crashes, or your company gets bought out and, and now they're downsizing and you're having to take a huge pay cut or you're having to get a new job or, or your business just isn't going the direction you thought it was going to go. Or one of your kids decides to turn into a little psychopath for a while and, and, and breaks windows and steals things and, and all the little things I did when I was a kid. And so, I mean, like, you know, you've got all these things in your life, the unexpected, the unexpected things that just kind of show up in our life and it puts us past our threshold, Right? And it's in that moment a lot of times when we begin to use the word stress. It's in that moment when, when we got all our normal things, we got all the bills, we got all the normal things, and then the unknown things show up in our life, the things that we don't expect. And see, right now, you're in either two places. You are either there where you're, you're stressed, and, and, and you're not messing with any of the unknowns at this moment, and you're just dealing with the bills, and you're dealing with the norm, or the unknowns are in your life right now. The things that you didn't expect, they came. The downsizing, the firing, the kids going outside their mind, like all the things that have, that have happened. And now, you're, now you don't know really what to do. You don't really know where to go. You're just trying to go day to day to day to day to day. And what I want you to understand the most about stress is that stress in this life, when that pressure mounts, all the things that you're working for, and I want you to think about it, all the things you're working for, you know, why are you climbing the corporate ladder? Usually it's, it's, it's for finances to be able to provide for your family. I mean, that's, that's usually what we say. And we got to take care of our family. But the thing is, is that when we get in this place and we're chasing all these things and we're doing all these things and this pressure mounts up and that stress enters into our life, 
it takes away our ability to enjoy what we have. It takes away our ability to enjoy our children when they're young. It takes away our ability to enjoy our marriage. It takes away our ability to enjoy our house. It takes away our ability to enjoy the car that we're driving or enjoy the hobby that we have or enjoy life when we stay on the go, constantly chasing all of these things, living in the state of pressure and stress, it actually begins to take the joy away from what we thought would bring satisfaction into our life. And Christ says, I want you to understand something. In my kingdom, now I know that this sounds odd. I know that it sounds weird. I know, I know Jesus was crazy, but like I, I want you, he says, I don't want you to stress. I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to chase after those things. I don't want you to worry about, about paying bills at the end of the month. I don't want you to worry about where the next paycheck's going to come from. I don't want you to worry about, about how the food is going to get on the table. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to worry about having to deal with, you know, people at your work, people at your job, your boss making your life. I don't want you to have to worry. I don't want you to worry about it. I don't want you to worry about what's going on in your marriage right now. Because I don't want you to worry about it. I don't want you to worry about stress. I don't want you to worry about the pressure of this life. Now, to me, uh, that kind of makes me mad. Just a little bit. Because, and, and stress manifests itself in our lives in so many different ways. A lot of times when people get stressed, they'll have headaches. There are a lot of times when, when people get stressed, you know, they're short-tempered, they, they're less patient. When I get stressed, when I get really stressed, there's three things that happen, and one of which y'all make fun of me about. When I get super, super, super stressed, and I didn't even know this until last year when it was happening, I, when I started to sweat. Like, literally. Like, a lot, I know, Courtney, I said, Courtney, I, I really don't know what's going on, but like, I'm sweating. I was like, like, I'm wearing all kinds of deodorant, and I'm still, I'm sweating in my, in my arms. And she was like, Jordan, that's gross. <laughs> and I was like, well, I know. And I was like, but I, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I'm like using, like, like, acid deodorant. And I'm like, I'm like putting concrete. I, I don't know. I don't know. She was like, well, you need, so I'm with the doctor, you know. And, and it started a conversation, and I realized that I was dealing with a lot of stress. A lot of things that happens, the second thing that happens a lot, when I get really, 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 really stressed and the pressure really mounting, I can't turn my brain off. Like, I can't stop thinking about the things that are happening. And, and I, it's hard for me to concentrate on Courtney. It's hard for me to concentrate on the things at the church. It's hard for me to concentrate when things get really, I just can't turn my brain off about those things. And, and what really begins to happen is, is I can't sleep. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing in my life. When I get really stressed, when there's something really on my mind, when there's a lot of pressure mounting, I tend to not be able to sleep. And I just, I stay awake at night and you think about it even more and, and, and it just kind of adds up, you know, and, and the third thing that happens is, is when I get really, 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 really stressed, I get so impatient the wrong word. Like, like I, like if someone, if the light turns green for more than a freaking nanosecond and that car in front of me hasn't already begun to move, like I'm shooting at it. All right, I'm, I'm honking on the horn. I can't, I have zero ability uh, to, to, I've got to go and I've got to be. And, and that kind of, that manifests itself in my life. And, 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 and who, when you get in that state, who, who gets the blunt of that? Who, get, who gets the brunt of that? It's the ones that are closest to you. It's your wife, it's your children, it's the people around you. And that, for me, those are just three things that when I get really super stressed, 
You know, but there's a lot of people, and I've tried to research, there's a lot of people, when they get super stressed, they just kind of shut down. All right? they, don't, they don't really get mad. They just, they just don't want to do anything. They almost get lazy out of a sense of retreat, of just kind of running, and, 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 and they want comfort, and they just kind of run away. Some people just freak out. And they don't know how to handle it. They have anxiety attacks, and, and it's just something that just deeps into their life, and, and they don't know how to handle it, you know, anything, and everything becomes this big thing. And, and the point is, is that stress manifests itself in so many different ways, in our life. And what Christ says, listen, you should never be in that place. Ever. He says, you should never be in that place. You should not be in the place to where you worry that much. You should not be in a place to where the pressure is that big. Ever. He says, you don't even need to worry about where your food is going to come from, let alone how you're going to handle retirement. You don't even need to worry about where your clothes are going to come from, let alone the life that your children are going to decide to live years from now. He says, everything down to the smallest little thing, he says, I don't even want you to worry about it at all. And to me, that just kind of blew my mind. And when you really start to learn about stress and you realize that stress is this, it's pressure on our life. And as the little things mount up, it's not just one thing, but as the little things mount up, it becomes so big that we can't handle it most of the time. And this was something that all of us deal with. I mean, if, if I were to sit down and you were to think about certain times in your life and certain events in your life, you would think, you would know, you'd be able, I bet you'd be able to name most of you that are older than me, you'd be able to name 25 different things. And if I were to sit here and to tell you the things that make me super stressed, you'd probably want to punch me in the throat because you would say, listen, that makes you stressed. And I've been, listen, we've all been through different things at different stages of life. But God says, I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to be stressed about anything. All stress is is just pressure from this life. And he says, and I don't want you to worry about it at all. So if that's what Christ says about stress is don't do it. If that's what Christ says, don't worry. Don't worry about stress. Then what's his plan? I mean, you know what I mean? If someone's going to tell me not to do something, I was like this when I was a kid. I was going to know why. All right, Jordan, don't touch the burner. Why not? All right, Don't, don't play in the road. Why not? Don't cross the street. Why not? We have that mentality all of our life. When Christ says, don't stress, don't worry, you know, our point is, why? What, okay, what's the point? If you don't want me to worry, if you don't want me to stress, if you don't want me to, you know, what's going on? And, and, and Paul uh, is one of the greatest writers in the New Testament. And he, he went through incredible stressful situations that we really, honestly, most of us can't even really imagine, even if we tried to. And, and he was writing uh, the Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. He was writing them, and he was, he was explaining a situation in his life um, that really talked a lot about a great deal of pressure in his life. And I just thought, as I was kind of studying this week, I felt like this would be a great way to kind of see what pressure is in our life, truly. Because if, if Christ doesn't want us to worry and Christ doesn't want us to stress, when we get stressed, that would mean that something is wrong. Something is off. We aren't where we're supposed to be. And so if God views stress and worry as that, I wanted to know what does he view this as. And so this is something I just wanted to write, and this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 11, we're about to read. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Now, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians. He says, I want you to understand something. 
that what we experienced in Asia, what we experienced, and we don't know what it is. We just know that it sucked. That's all we know. We know that it was a bad situation. He says, I want you to know that when we got into that place, and I think we live in this, we live in this life, we live in this idea, and we think in our minds uh, that when we give our lives to God or we give our life to Christ, that you know, I've heard this before, God's never going to put anything on you that you can't handle. You ever heard that before? Just for, I'd like, I'd like a show of hands. All right. You've all been lied to, okay? <laughs> This is the reality. There is a scripture that says something along the lines of you will never be tempted to sin that you can't overcome. There's something along those lines in James. But God, you know, God will never allow anything to come into your life that you can't handle. That's bullcrap, okay? That's a lie from the pit of hell. And so I want you to understand, all right, welcome to Harvest Cove, okay, that <laughs> life is going to get bad sometimes, Life is going to get not good. There are going to be things that come against your life that put you in this, we are under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. That's going to be your life at some point or another. Right now, you may be high up on a mountaintop, and everything's roses and cherries, and you're great, and you're going, this guy would just shut up because I've got to go home and celebrate my mom now. He made that big speech. And uh, like, I want you to understand that you're either, you're either on a mountaintop right now and you don't get it, but you've either been in a valley or you're headed into a valley. And in those valleys, things happen in our lives that we just cannot see coming a lot of times. Sometimes we put ourselves there. Sometimes we dig our own hole. But sometimes things happen in and around our life that we had nothing to do with. We couldn't help. It couldn't be prevented. It's just something that happened to us. And it puts us in a position in our life that puts so much pressure and so much stress in our life that it pushes us past that threshold. It pushes us past that ability to be able to endure it or get, even get through it. So I want you to understand that a lot of times in the Bible, we think that there's contradictions. And to me, when you first read this, that's a contradiction to me. Because when he says in one, in Matthew, in his nice little Sermon on the Mount sermon, you know what I mean? When he's sitting up there in his flowing robe and he's teaching everybody and he says, don't worry, don't stress, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to do. And then I hear Paul later on going, we were in a situation, it was, it, it was so bad. It was so heavy. It, the burden was so great. The pressure was so much that it put me in a situation to where I could not even endure the possibility to the point of despair. Now I want you to think about that. So where's the problem? Where's the issue? Where are we at in this life? When you get to that place, all right, when you get to that place and everything is so bad, and I've been there, man, I've been there. I mean, I've, I know I've talked about it a little bit before, and I know, and everybody here, I know your life is so much harder than mine, I get that. All right, but in my world, all right, last year when we were going through the bill and the project, the big one over here, and, and the county was like, you're not going to do it, and we didn't have enough money, and then in the, and the contractors wanted to get paid, and we, and we had to go do all this stuff, and we had the engineers and the architects, you know, they're, and they're like, Jordan, you know, we just can't do that. And I'm like, why not? It's against the law, whatever. Let's just do it anyway. And so, like, you know, and we're going through all this. I've already, I've come in here and I'm like, guys, this is going to happen. I know this is from the Lord. This is going to be good. We're going to do it. We raised the money. You guys gave so supported, so faithfully. We got halfway through it. And there were so many little things that, that I mean, that came up. It was like, this isn't going to get done. You know what I mean? That weighs a lot on me because I stood on this stage and I said, guys, we're going to do this. This is from the Lord. It's going to be awesome. You guys gave faithfully. And then three weeks later, I had six or seven people telling me why this wasn't going to work. All right, that put stress on my life. And then occasionally I had to preach. But that put stress on my life like, like you would not believe, like you would not understand. And I remember to the point, at one point, I literally thought, 
I was like, if, if, if something else were to happen right now, I may, my brain may just explode. I, I wasn't sleeping. I was, that was when, the, when I figured out the whole sweat thing. And I was having to wear like three shirts to preach in. It was weird, man. It was weird. I had, and, and, and I was going through, and I, and I just got to this place, and I realized that, that I was, there was so much going on in my life. It was far past my ability to endure it. And everything seemed so big. Everything seemed so impossible. Everything, I mean, every little thing just seemed so huge and so negative. And it just was like, I mean, I, I like everything just, it just wasn't good. I was going to say sucked again, but then I realized I'd already said it a couple times and most people get offended when I say it. And so I'm just trying to limit the amount of times that I say the word sucked from stage. So, but it just, it did, man. It just wasn't good at all. It was horrible for me. I was just stressed. Like I had never experienced stress in my life. It was just was, it was just, it was just, it was tough, man. That was where it was. It was, it was pressure, you know? And then I had the house and I had Courtney and I had all the other things in my life, all the normal things. And, and, and I just remember being at this place. And as I was reading this this week, man, I, all I could think about was that word despaired. So we despaired of life itself. And I started to think back. And, and one of the things that really was going on in that time was my perspective on everything. And what I really realized and what I felt like the Lord really wants to speak to us this morning is that pressure, stress, worry is really, at the end of the day, a major perspective problem. It's the way that we view things. It's the way that we see things. It's the lens at which we are looking through life. And so I just want to pick on the teenagers just for a minute, setting your parents up so I can pick on them. So just chill out. All right. But I, I, I want to tell you something. When I was in, when I was in ninth grade, uh, I, remember, I remember I met this, this little girl. Man, she, was, she was so cute. And she was probably my first serious girlfriend. And, uh, and, and in that moment, uh, I mean, like, ev- like everything else just kind of took a back seat right? Everything else just kind of took a back seat uh, to, to, to this, this young lady. She was just, she was very, very cute, and um, she meant the world to me. I can't even remember her last name, but I mean, it was just, it was life, it was life-changing. And, um, and, I, and I remember, and I just remember everything, obviously, you know, football was such a big deal, and, and then, you know, and then I found myself more, more concerned about after the football game uh, and her, and, and, and that was a huge thing in my life. I mean, for, for, for a girl to be elevated up above to where I was more concerned with that, it was a huge thing in my life. And, and, and the thing is, is a lot of us, a lot of teenagers, we go through that. We go through that first serious real girlfriend or that first serious real boyfriend. And, and parents, and I, know, I want you to think back, you know, to that, whether, you know, whether you're wiser, older, or, you're, you know, your kids are younger. I want you to think back to that moment when they came home and they were like, I met her. I met her. First day of ninth grade. I met her. We're going to get married. It's going to be fantastic. You know what I mean? We're going to, we've already got everything planned. Um, we, it's going to be great. First little kid's going to be named Susan. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to, it's going to be great. And, and, and then and this little girl, this little boy, they begin to consume the life of your child, right? I mean, you, you think back and you, you've seen that, right? And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, she's been daddy's little girl uh, for 15 years, and now she's like Kevin's little girl, right? And you, the influence that you, you thought you actually meant something to her, and you realize real quickly that you really don't mean that much. And um, Mr. Sixpack shows up, and then you're an idiot or not even there. And like you're trying to give her wisdom, and she's texting him on the phone, you know, you're pouring your heart out, and she's like, I wish my dad would just shut up, and like, and I mean, that, I mean, that happens, you, I mean, a lot of us, a lot of, uh, I haven't, but a lot of parents, you know, they, their kids, you know, they go through that, and they're so important, and it kind of takes over their life, and then, and then you begin, and and I've seen it with all my little sisters, I've seen it, I've seen it with all, you begin to say this, parents, you you say this all the time, I said, listen, you know, I don't, I don't want you to give everything 
to him, I don't want you to give him all your time. You know what I mean? You've only got, you're only going to have high school once. You're only going to have ninth grade once. You're only going to have, you know, you're only going to have this trip once. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see you, you know, there's a lot of fish in the sea. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want you to spend all your time together because it's not that big of a deal. You know, you know in your heart why. Why? Their perspective is Romeo and Juliet, Bonnie and Clyde, them against the world. They're going to write stories about our love. High school doesn't matter. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to be famous. We're going to have a thousand members on Instagram following our love story. It's going to be huge. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be life altering. And the parents are going, she's stupid. All right. She's not good enough for my son. He's going to drag her down the wrong path. They're going to break up in a month. Uh, and you know your perspective on the whole situation is totally and completely different. Life-changing for them, annoyance to you. Okay, that's what, that's what it is, all right? That's how God looks at us a lot of times. That's how God looks at you, all right? Because the way that your kid sees that little girl, sees that relationship is so big, that's a lot of times the way that you see your career, all right? That's a lot of times, that's the way that you see that, that desire to, you know, you're going to put that 1,500-square-foot house behind you and move on to the 5,000. All right, that, 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 you, it becomes your thing, man. You're gonna, I, I'm going to get that car, man. That, that, whatever that car is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase that dream. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to get that ladder. I'm going to get that position. I'm going to get that raise. My business is going to grow. I'm going to go after it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have all this money for retirement. I'm going to get into stocks. Like I'm going I'm to be, you know, whatever you're, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be an NBA player. Not too many white people in here to have any of that true. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you just have your dreams and whatever they are. And, and to God, all right, to God, all right, he's looking down at your life the same way that you look down at your teenager who's in love with Romeo, who's in love with Juliet, and he's going, it's not that big of a deal. You think it's super important, you name it, my career, super important, my job, super important, paying the bills, super important, getting that house, super important, getting that car, super important. Getting that position, super important. Getting that raise, super important. And God goes, it's not that important. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just going to take a minute. I'm going to take a second to see if I can just humble us a little bit. You know, if I was half as good at things as I thought I was, life would be good for me. All right? If I was half as important as I thought I was, I'm telling you, life would be good for me. And, and, as, and I, as I think about things, and I think about, and I think about this church, because I can only teach from my perspective in life, as I think about the church, you know, I think, you know what, I start having this mentality of if I don't, it won't. You know, if I don't take care of this, you know, the church will fall apart. If I, if I you know, if, if I didn't get up and preach, you know, nobody would get fed, everybody would go to hell. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I didn't make sure, if I, make sure we hired the right people or make sure that we made the right decisions or if I didn't make sure and, and it, you know, I put a lot on me, you know what I mean? Because everything's just super important, you know, and, and, and you have this mentality. And here's what I really learned about myself. I'm not that good at anything. You laughed way too hard, bud. Like, but that... But, I, but I'm not. Let's just play this out. Let's just play this out. If, if I were to just completely drop, I don't know, the business side of the church, all right, we have our elders, we have Scott, we have different people. They already do. They, can, they would be able to take it over in a heartbeat, be able to take it over in a heartbeat. So I'm really not that important in there. If I were to say, all right, all right if, I, if I were to stop managing, you know, managing, because I used to think if I don't do this, if I don't do this, if I don't do this, if I, if I don't start managing different systems of the church, all right, everything is just going to fall apart. Well, we hired Joseph and let him do it, and everything's better than it was when I was doing it. All right, so I'm really not that important there. You know, but I still got preaching, right? All right if, if, if I didn't come up here, if I, didn't, if I didn't come up here and preach, I mean, your lives, man, 
I'm, you're, you're welcome. That's all I'm going to say. You know, your lives, man, they would just be... Just let me break this out for you, man. There's a preacher right over here. There's two of them sitting here, and Joseph is running around somewhere. And Terry Broom is better speaker than I'll ever be as hard as I live. Right now in this room, all right, if I didn't preach, there's about five other people that could do it. Let's just be for real. Joseph could come preach. Ryan could come preach. My dad could come preach. Terry could come preach. Mark could preach. I've heard him speak. I've heard Ryan preach in Mexico. He's awesome. Taylor could come speak. It'd be seven or eight minutes long, but he could do it. You know what I mean? There's like, there's so many. Listen, listen, I know, man, it's hard for me. Like I'm joking around. It's hard for me to even put that out in the universe. All right. But because we think in our life, we think, man, we think we are so important. I mean, and we think the world wouldn't go on without us. Yes, it would. It, it really, really, really would. Like there's not, I mean, did any of you guys invent spaceships or air or money or, I mean, did you guys, have you guys, I mean, seriously, what have, what, what have you done that could not be replaced? Solomon said everything in the world that's been done, is, it's already been done. We've already done it. We've already been through that. I'm not trying to, you know, you're not that important. Welcome to the Harvest Cove. <laughs> All right? But here, here's what happens in our life is we, we get this perspective, man, that, that it's, it's us, man. We got this thing. We are awesome. All right? And if I didn't show up on Sunday mornings, probably not much would change. Truthfully, somebody else would come, somebody else would show up, but we get in our mind, man, I'm so important, I'm so valid, I'm so valuable, I'm so necessary, and all these things in my life, my job is so important, my career is so important, all right, my, my, the retire, I'm so important, I got to get that retire, that savings again, so important, investing, so important, that house is, so, that house is the, that's what people, when they see that, they will know that I'm successful and that it's so important that I get there, whatever that goal is, or um, it's so important that I'm driving this car, it's so important that I'm, I'm seen like this, it's so important, and at the end of the day, God's up in heaven, and he's looking down at the eternity of time and the eternity of your soul, and he's trying to get you to understand, it's not that important. At the end of the day, it's not that important. There's other jobs. There's other people to do the job that you get paid to do. If you don't do it, somebody else will do it. And see, the perspective problem is this. is you think you are the one paying the bills. You think you are the one that provided that job for yourself. You think you were the one that got up and went and created your kids. You think you were the one. You think you were the one that gave yourself the talents. You think you were the one that gave you the ability to think. You think you were the one that gave you the ability to work. You think you were the one. You think you were the one that was so good. It was your ideas. It was your thought process. It was your talents. It was your abilities. It was all you. Let me explain something to you in a way that will hurt your feelings in the best way. Every talent you have was given to you by God Almighty. Every good thing in your life that you have was given to you by God Almighty. All right, every, every good thing that has happened to you, every, every coincidence, every job that opened up, he gave it to you. And if you forget that, he may just take it away to remind you. 
Because you sit in this life and you sit in these chairs and you go out and you live your life week to week and you think your career is what this life is all about, one day you will die. Your body will literally dissolve into the ground to nothingness. It is your soul that is more important than any other career, any other job, any other desire, any other retirement plan, or anything else you're doing in your life. There is nothing more important than the eternal part of your life. And a lot of the stress and the pressure and the way that you think and the reason why you get to this place when your life starts to look like this is because you start to overvalue the things in this world and you forget to value the one and only thing that matters, and that is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. All right, that's what it is. Right, that's, that's why things are so big. And when I go back and I look even in my life, I'm a pastor, man. I'm paid to be a Christian, okay? I'm paid to focus on God. That's what my job is. And I'm going back and I'm over here. I'm building this. We're building this thing. See how I even did that? I'm building. I didn't do anything, all right? So I'm over here. We're overseeing this thing. We're making sure all this stuff gets done. And, and I'm just like, man, if I don't do it, it'll probably still get done. And, that, and God put that in my heart. He said, do you think you're the one doing that anyway? Idiot. It's me. Do you think, do you think that, do you think that if you just quit that, that let's just, let's just go to the extreme. Let's pretend, let's pretend I turn into a psychopath and I come in here one day and I said, today guys, we're going to sacrifice our children to me. Just say that. I mean, people have gone freaking crazy before. Just say that that's what I did. Say that I walked in here and all of you slowly or quickly, hopefully ran. All right. And Harvest Cove shut down tomorrow. Do you think that that would stop God's plan for this area? No, we have an honor and an opportunity right, to be a part of God's plan, but we are not the only part of God's plan. All right, it is our, it is our privilege. All right, it is our, it is our life's honor to serve him. The world ain't going to end without us. I'm telling you. See, but it's a perspective problem. It's a perspective thing. You think things are so big, and at the end of the day, they're just not, man. They're just not that big. Let's go back to that scripture real fast. So what happens is, is sometimes God will begin to allow experiences in our life to become so great, the burden to be so heavy, the pressure to be so powerful, that it pushes us past our threshold. Because when you get into a place, and, 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 and this word despair is a unique word, and I, I know I, do the, I don't do the Greek all the time, but this word despair, it literally means, in, in its most simplest form, it simply just means this. No exits. And it paints the picture that someone is chasing you and you don't have anywhere to go. And so in that moment, when someone's behind you, chasing you, coming down on you, and you don't have any exits, that's despair. I have nowhere, the world's about to crash down on me and I have nowhere to go. All right. A lot of times it's in that moment and sometimes that's the only situation that will destroy that pride in our life. To when we realize we have nowhere to go. We have no resources. We don't have the ability to get us out. A lot of times God will allow these things to happen in our life. Not that he causes them. Not that he does them. A lot of times we do. A re- you know, people always say, I hear, you know, I don't just, God just did all this stuff to my life. No, man, you made some horrible financial decisions. All right? You made some horrible life decisions. 
You got outside of God's will and you begin to chase and devote your life to things that you should never have chased and should have never devoted your life to and now you're paying for it because God allows that to happen in your life doesn't mean that God did it. But a lot of times God will allow things to happen in your life to drive you down to a place of despair because when you get to that place of despair, you get to that place where you don't have the resources to come through and you don't have the exit to get out. That no exit state of mind will create a reliance on God that you've never experienced before. Because when God takes everything from you or he allows everything to be taken from you and you don't have a plan B, right, and you don't have enough, it's in that moment a lot of times that we start to cry out to God. We think, you know, we're doing the best until our kids go psycho. And then we're like, okay, God, let's try it your way. All right, I know, okay, now, God, now if you'll just come through for me, if you'll just be there for me, if you'll just help me, if you'll just open up my eyes, if you'll just, if you'll just come through for me, it's crazy to me how fast and how easy devoted Christians can get away from God over nothing. Nothing. You know, you're here, you meet one, 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 and so I see this all the time, especially in young people. I'm never, I mean, I'm never going to, I'm going to be a church, and I'm going to give my life to God, and I'm going to be a missionary, and I'm going to go to Africa, and I'm going to die for Jesus Christ. Hot girl walks in and goes, you want to go on a date on Friday night? Yes. Let me leave my Christianity behind. And you go that fast. That quick. A raise, a job, the career, the desire of your heart. When it shows up, it's crazy how fast we leave God, Right? And God says, because I love you and because I know what is really important in your life, I'm going to allow the consequences of your decisions to kind of take over. I'm going to allow the pressure to kind of mount until it gets past your ability to endure. And then when you get to that state of mind and there's no exits, there's nowhere to go, and all you have is me, and then I'll prove to you once again that I am truly God. And sometimes it's in the worst of situations that we see God clearly. He goes on. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that situation, that circumstance, that pressure, that was to make us to rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Paul says, I want you to understand something. I want you to get, now you're talking about Paul, man. All right, Jesus Started the church, died for our sins, and, uh, and, then, and then Paul planted about 55 million churches. All right, Paul's the father of the church in so many ways. And he says, I was even getting to a place to where I was depending on myself too much, and God allowed this to come into my life so that I would stop depending on myself and that I would get back into a reliance on God. Pressure is a perspective problem. But what Christ teaches us or is trying his best to teach us in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, he says our perspective problem comes from our focus problem. Taylor, you can go ahead and come up here. He says our pressure problem comes from a perspective problem. Our perspective problem comes from our focus problem. Because as God goes through here, now, and I know that in many ways we don't want to think they're related, but what Christ is trying to teach us, Paul is trying to teach us, is that they are incredibly related. Because he says, I don't want you to worry. All right? I, don't want you to, I don't want you to worry about where your food's going to come from. I don't want you to worry about who's going to clothe you. I don't want you to worry about your business. I know the economy is in a horrible place right now. I know we have no idea what in the world 
um, we're going to do in our government over the next few years. I know that the election's coming up. I know that, that we have so many different policies. I don't care what side of the thing you're on. Nobody's doing a great job right now. Let's just face that. I just, and there's nobody running for the next deal that gets me excited about life. All right, so let's just face this, man. Governments have fallen over and over and over and over again. We can't be dependent on our government. Greece is about to crash. The economy is about to crash. There, everybody and their mother saying the stock market's going to correct, and, and this little bit of real estate bump we've had, it could come crashing down if that happens. And, and all these things, all these things are happening. And at the end of the day, the same way, all right, the same way that God will work in our own lives all right, to eliminate this dependency on ourselves when we've forgotten him, I believe with all my heart that the Lord will do the same thing for our country as a whole. I believe that in time, the Lord will allow all kinds of things to take place, all kinds of things to happen that will bring our nation, our state, our government, our economy down to its knees because at one point, we believe solely in Christ. I think that from your personal level to your family, to this church, to this community, to this government, I believe that God will move in whatever way he needs to move to put us in a position to see him clearly, whatever that means. And so at the end when he says, I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to chase these things like the pagans do, like the Gentiles do. I don't want you to go after these things. He says, what does he say? He says, I want you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, and, that, and that's the problem. And I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hurt y'all's feelings a lot, man. You going to church once a week is not seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All right, you having some flaunting idea of who you think and say God is is not seeking Christ and his kingdom and his righteousness. All right, you opening up and reading the Bible once a week is not seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. What I want you to understand about the kingdom and about his righteousness is that Christ says, I want you to seek it first before everything else. If there's anything else in your life that you seek or that you chase or that you go after in any way, shape, or form before Christ himself, that you are not seeking his kingdom, you're not seeking his righteousness, you are chasing the world and the things of the world. And when you do that, Everything's so much bigger, right? When you put your business, I don't care, I don't care who, I don't care who you are. When you put your business above the kingdom of God and above Christ, right, everything is going to be magnified. Every problem is going to be massive. Everything is going to be huge. The stress is going to be overwhelming. If you put your career, if you put your education, if you put your family, I know it's hard. If you put your kids, I know it's hard. Above seeking Christ. then you're not seeking Christ first and his kingdom first. I want you to understand something. There's there's an insinuation here that Christ is saying, I want you to be consumed with me. I want everything else comes second. Everything else, you name it, it comes second. I want you to be consumed with me. The problem with being consumed is you can only be consumed by one thing. You can only be consumed by one thing. And if you are not consumed with Christ, you are consumed with something else, period. All right? There is no middle road, right? You're consumed with Christ or you're consumed with the world or different parts of the world. That's it. And what Christ's point is, is that what I believe 
is that when we, when we really seek after God and we are consumed by Christ, there's no such thing as a problem this heavy or this big, right? There's no such thing as this. This disappears from your life. What used to be, and this is, this is what I want you to understand, and this is what I felt like the Lord really taught me last year. I was kind of going through that deal, is that in, my, in one day, the, everything was this big, right? But when I was consumed and I, I started relying on God and I went back to Christ and I just bowed and I humbled myself before him, all the things that used to look this big were now this big. All right? And so here's what I'm telling you. Your life may not change dramatically. You may still have problems at work. You may still have, your kids still may be psychopaths. Okay? Your, your boss may still be threatening to fire you. You may get fired. You may lose your job. The real estate market may crash, right? The stock market may crash, right? The government may screw us over time and time again, right? The, we, there may be wars, okay? There may be all kinds of things. But what Christ is trying to get us to understand is that if we're consumed by him, it doesn't matter what it is, all of them are about that big. And we can handle it. I didn't want to do it in here because I didn't want to, but I, just as a test this week, I just got, I got a ton of these things and I piled them up and piled them up and piled them up. And you could take hundreds of these before this would bend and break. And so what I want you to understand and what I think Christ is trying to, to, to get in our heart and to get in our life is that when we get in that place of stress and pressure, let that be a red flag to us that there's a strong possibility that our heart is not focused on Christ and that there needs to be a state of humbleness, that there needs to be a state of turning back, that there needs to be some serious prayer, that there needs to be some evaluation, that there needs to be some humbling before God Almighty. Because I know that your job, and I know that your career, and I know that paying the bills, and I know that your family, and I know that all that is super important to you. Right? But to Christ, he doesn't think in terms of today and tomorrow. He thinks in terms of eternity. And he knows that what is most important in this life is your heart and your soul, and your relationship with him. And he is willing to sacrifice everything to get your heart. Christ sacrificed his own life for you. He hung on a cross for you. He died for you. God killed his own son for you. What makes you think he won't sacrifice your career on the altar to get you? That's how much he loves you. Nobody enjoys beating their kids. Right? But if a good spanking is going to prevent your child from running out in the road and getting smashed, you'll beat them every single day, won't you? Won't you? That's the new age. We don't get to spank our children. That's why they're spoiled brats. That's why nobody in my generation wants to work. That was just a bonus. But you would beat them every day of their life if it would save their life. And you know you would. And that's how God does with us. It's important to you, but you are what is important to him. And he will allow pressure to weigh down on you if it drives you closer and closer to him. And so I want to implore you this morning, beg you this morning, challenge you this morning. Evaluate your life. Who's number one? Who's first? Who are you seeking? Who are you consumed by? Because if it's not Christ, it is this world or a part of this world. And that's not good enough in the kingdom. Because Christ is king of the kingdom. Right? There's nothing more valuable than him. And no matter what you think is great in this life, no matter what you think your plans are for this life, I can promise you his plans are far greater than yours. 
And so as we worship and as we pray, just humble yourself before God today. And if you need to make some changes in your life to start seeking his kingdom first, then do that. And I want you to see from this day forward, I want you to see stress. I want you to see worry. I want you to see anxiety. And I want you to see pressure in this life as nothing but a sign pointing to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Father God, if you guys will stand with me. Father God, I just want to thank you, Lord, so much just for the way that you've moved in this church, God, just for the way that uh, you have just consumed us in so many ways, God, just for the atmosphere of worship, God, just for the way we can just come in here and just know you and just, if we just destroy religion and throwing it out and just focused on you, God. I pray, Lord, right now that you would just move in our midst, Father God, as we worship, God, as we sing, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just let your spirit comfort us, God. I pray, Lord, if there's anybody in the room right now, God, and there's situations going on in their life and they're just so big and they're just so bad, God, I pray, Lord, that they will leave here knowing it does not matter what is going on in their life. There's nothing stronger than you are. There's nothing bigger than you are. There's nothing greater than you are, that there is nothing that can come against you and that there's nothing that can come against them if you are for them, Father. I pray, Lord, that we will leave here, God, not with pride in ourselves, but, God, in confidence in your power, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would just begin to minimize the things in our life, God, that we think are so important, Father, that we think are so valid, that we think are so necessary, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would just consume our hearts today, God. I pray, Lord, that you will use, God, that you will use circumstances in our lives, that you will use the storms in our life, that you will use the pressures in this life to drive us closer and closer to you, Father God. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to move in our hearts and you will continue to move in our lives, God that you would just comfort us, Father. And I pray, Lord, right now for all the moms in the room, God. I pray, Lord, that this day would just be their day, God, that they would just be celebrated. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless and be with our families, God, maybe as they travel and visit their moms, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just be with us this afternoon. Just let us experience your joy. I pray, Lord, just be with us in your holy and your precious name.